Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Mary, a 75-year-old woman in your practice, is brought in on an urgent basis by her family members. They notice she has not been acting normally. She seems confused and isn't speaking clearly. This has been going on since early this morning, and it is now 2 in the afternoon. When you examine her, you note that she has difficulty speaking and some right-sided arm weakness. Her vitals are normal, including a pulse ox, which is 94%. EKG is normal. You diagnose a probable stroke and ask your staff to call an ambulance. While you are waiting, should you give her oxygen? Hi, this is Frank Domino, family physician and professor at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and joining me today is Dr. Alan Ehrlich. Dr. Ehrlich is clinical associate professor in family medicine at the University of Massachusetts and executive editor at Dynamed. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thanks, Frank. So it sounds like Mary is having a stroke. What should we be doing with regard to her current situation? And in particular, should we be giving her oxygen? So the question around oxygen is fairly interesting, and there was a new study that looked at this. The general uh, advice when someone is having a stroke involves mostly supportive care. They need to be monitored because they may be having arrhythmias. You need to be making sure they're adequately hydrated, their electrolytes are okay. But with respect to oxygen, the question has always been around avoiding hypoxia. We know that patients who have strokes often become hypoxic for any number of reasons, and if they do and it's not adequately treated, that leads to worse outcomes. So if not treating hypoxia leads to worse outcomes, it's natural to think, well, gee, maybe we should just put them on oxygen to prevent hypoxia. That certainly makes sense. Yes. Well, as you know, there are, medicine is littered with things that make sense but turn out not to be true. So, you know, in, from a theoretical point of view, the idea is that there's some cell death, there's a penumbra around the dead cells where they may be at risk, and if you can get them extra oxygen, you can avoid edema and things like that, then perhaps you can uh, do better. This has been looked at, there was a study back in 1999 that uh, didn't find any benefit with giving extra oxygen. There have been some that have looked at high flow rates, and that, uh, if anything, seems to be worse. But a couple of years ago, there's a pilot study that looked at giving supplemental oxygen, and it showed some improvement in outcomes. So now what we have is a very large study that was recently published. Um, and what they did was they had 8,000 patients having some kind of stroke, and they were randomized to one of three uh, options, uh, no ex supplemental oxygen, continuous supplemental oxygen, or just extra oxygen at night. The idea of just extra oxygen at night was, you know, when you have uh, oxygen on you continuously, you can't get up, you can't move around, and there may be other adverse events that come from uh, not being uh, adequately mobilized during the daytime. And also more people tend to become hypoxic at night, so they were trying to address all that. Anyhow, the bottom line was no benefit. No benefit in any of the three groups? Any, no. The no oxygen was just as good as... <laughs> as uh, the same outcomes as 
night only or continuous. And what they, they also, this was a very large study. They had many, many subgroups. They analyzed based on age, based on comorbidities. They analyzed based on what the baseline oxygen was. And no matter how they sliced or diced the data, there was no benefit. That's really interesting. I mean, as you said earlier, this makes good sense, but turns out not to be so. So going forward, how do we change our practice? Well, I think we need to realize that oxygen is not entirely benign, and it's really helpful for people who need it, but it isn't useful. It makes us feel good at times, or at least, you know, I think many doctors think they're doing something when you put oxygen on a patient. But, you know, Frank, we talked about oxygen in acute myocardial infarction previously, and we found, again, if you're not hypoxic, it doesn't help. So the key is to see, does the person have some need for oxygen? Now, hypoxia is the most common need. Sometimes there are other things. If somebody was severely anemic, so they've got low oxygen carrying capacity, perhaps you'd want to give them some supplemental oxygen or something like that. But the point is you need a very specific reason to do it. It's not a default uh, thing that I should do just because uh, it looks like we're doing something. So in addition to being hypoxic, uh, you mentioned here a pulse ox of less than 94%. Are there any other indications to add supplemental oxygen? Yeah, so I'm not, so the 94% threshold is what the American College of Cardiology would uh, recommend. They suggest keeping people at 94% or above. The uh, Canadians actually have a lower threshold. They're, they recommend keeping it greater than 92%. And so we don't actually know what is the optimal oxygenation level, um, and, and that's part of the problem. But unless someone appears to be uh, inadequately oxygenating, and again, monitoring their oxygen level is certainly a good idea, uh, you know, I would avoid the supplemental oxygen. Um, how about if their blood pressure is low or they have a history of other medical complications? Do you have any so, direction there? Yeah, so I think uh, patients who have other reasons why you might want to put them on oxygen, again, go right ahead. So somebody who's got hypotension uh, and or, or somebody who is a, has a rapid respiratory rate and appears like they're, uh, you know, they're dyspneic or from perhaps they have underlying respiratory disease that's being uh, aggravated, maybe they have a little... Uh, uh, heart failure with pulmonary edema, any of those reasons, you might want to start using oxygen even before they reach some magic threshold. But it, it gets back to what I was saying, you want some type of affirmative reason why you're starting the oxygen, not just doing it just because the person might benefit from a little extra oxygen. Okay, so to summarize, it appears that in a person who's having an acute stroke, unless there's a reasonable identified uh, benefit that you can consider, adding supplemental oxygen to a patient may not be beneficial and probably runs a small risk of being harmful. That, I think that's right. And this comes under the general <laughs> heading of more is less. More is less. Well, that's actually fantastic news. It, it is challenging in the acute setting to remember that doing, doing nothing is, is possibly better than doing something. But I think this is reasonable guidance and, and something we can probably uh, adapt and use as we, as we see fit. Yeah. Uh, and again, this isn't that different from existing practice because it's been controversial. But still, in this trial, 20% of the patients were already on oxygen when they 
uh, got to the hospital and whatnot. So uh, it, it, this is something that I think, especially docs in an outpatient setting where you may not be dealing with acute emergencies very often, uh, should keep in mind. Great. Well, thank you, Alan. This is a fantastic article, and this coupled with the article we reviewed not that long ago on acute myocardial infarction and supplemental oxygen really helps uh, expand our understanding of both how to appropriately care for patients as well as remembering that doing more isn't always better. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. In a patient who's having an acute stroke, uh, as a minimum, keeping a pulse ox at 94% is a reasonable thing to consider. If the patient is not hypotensive or likely anemic, oxygen provided supplementally in the acute setting may not provide any benefit. Join us next time when we discuss the role of exercise as a preventative agent in seasonally associated depressive symptoms. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. We want to keep making this podcast better with every episode, so we need your feedback. Tell us what you think by submitting your feedback via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or log into primed.com and submit your feedback at the bottom of the episode landing page. Thank you again for listening.